It's the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. Welcome back into an episode of Dissecting the Pitch. We've had a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, it's good to be back here. Gareth Plonk alongside my uh, co-hosts, Miller McKaney and Edwin Perez. Uh, gentlemen, Premier League about to get going this weekend. But as always, the first question I ask you all, ask you both is, how are you guys doing? It's fantastic. Purely, purely fantastic. You know, it's definitely – we're not in the studio, which is, which is the sad part, obviously. But uh, – I currently can hear Garrett Kwok speaking in the next room over, so it's honestly great that I can hear what you're saying and hear it over Zoom. So truly uh, just great moments. And also behind me, I have the great poster of Neymar to remind me of his greatness. Got Messi on the top flexing off his Barcelona jersey. And, you know, Ronaldo Messi. So, you know, it's a different setup, but we, we love this. Uh, I mean, you know. Same old, same old, just kind of doing, living life. Glad to be back at school. Uh, you guys are across the street, so that's good. Just glad to see those beautiful faces, you know. Let's talk about some soccer. Oh, indeed. And, uh, yeah, as Miller said, we're, we're all back in school now. I think the very last episode we did was before school happened, so I think we took about like a maybe a three-week break to get situated in our new homes here down back in, the, in Phoenix. But uh, we're getting set. We got – we got sports back in, soccer's back, coming back in after uh, a little bit of a break. Um, had some international play going on, but this is going to be the Premier League season preview episode here on the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dissect the Pitch, and uh, we're going to be posting this on Apple Podcasts and as well as Spotify, the usual, you know. But uh, let's get into our first topic here, and that's uh, before we kind of get into our, our predictions, which we're going to take probably most of the episode to talk about. Let's get into some of the notable new arrivals. And I know we've talked a lot about the, uh, these new arrivals uh, earlier on when we were back in our own homes and in quarantine and when coronavirus was just beginning. But uh, the new ones that have kind of come to be. And uh, let's start with the Chelsea ones because they were the most, uh, arguably the most active team on the market. Uh, the latest ones, Kai Havertz, a lot of rumors li uh, linked to him, the talented German midfielder, but he is officially with Chelsea now from Leverkusen for 70 million pounds. And then uh, Chelsea getting Ben Chilwell as well, a left back from Leicester uh, for 45 million pounds. That was another guy that they were heavily linked to. And then Thiago Silva, who's going from PSG to Chelsea. I mean, the, the legend at PSG, he's a Brazilian, one of the, the captains at the Brazilian national team. It was a free transfer for him. So for Chelsea to be able to get a couple defensive players and then get their midfielder, uh, of the future. Uh, I'll open it up to you both, gentlemen, whoever wants to go first. But what do you make of these th uh, three recent transfers and moves from Chelsea? For me, I think it's more just – it's if it doesn't work out right, let, let's say we, we go back – we go into a year we're like, wow, what terrible signings and everything. It was kind of – it's not – it didn't put them in a hole. Obviously, they spent quite a lot. But, I mean, except for the Kai Havertz, the – I mean, the Timo Warner business was smart. The Ziyech business was smart. And the Thiago Silva was free. Shilwell is pretty pretty cheap for what he could become. And, and he's been talked about to become one of the best left backs in the Premier League. And it's already considered as one of them. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if they don't, even if they don't work out, and I'm going to talk about that aspect, at least it was smart business by them. I think that's something you got to credit because, I mean, it's easy to just throw millions, millions on millions on people. And, you know, maybe that will be the Kai Havertz situation where we're like, wow, why did they spend $70 million? But, I mean, he's truly 21-year-old, great potential. He looks like he, he he's one of the most promising midfielders, and he could be. But, I mean, this Chelsea team, they've got to figure out, you know, their uh, their defense. I think they are with Chelsea and stuff like that, but they got to figure out how that defensive line is going to work. But I think that's my biggest question, my overall takeaway of, of all this business that they did. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point uh, to kind of go off of what Edwin said. I think that um, the biggest thing you can look at the three that we're talking about are obviously they're going to Chelsea. And I think that there's two teams in the Premier League that have had a really good transfer window and two teams that are, you know, kind of doing what you should do in a transfer window, which is buying and selling players and kind of flipping your roster a little bit. And I think that those two teams are Chelsea and Everson right now because they're the only two teams that have really done that so far. So I think that it's kind of exciting and it's really, um, I wouldn't say fulfilling, but like, I can't think of the word, but it's just, it's nice to see eventually, like we talked about these transfers for a long time and, you know, there's always rumors and stuff and it's nice to see them actually go through and, you know, get ready to get underway this weekend and kind of see how everything fits. Yeah, they've already signed Ziyech, Werner, Haberts, already a really super talented midfield and, and attack that they have. I mean, do you anticipate maybe this that there might be some, some chemistry to work out that might take a couple of games to work it out, but the potential, do you, what do you guys see from maybe what could be from all these moves that they make? Because they did spend a lot of money on this, uh, this window. If they truly are, if these moves I mean, work out, like you said, if they feel out their potential, they're going to be the old Chelsea team that's going to be fighting for a top four spot. It might be even top four. I don't think this is necessarily going to put them as champions, and I think that's a lot of people are talking about. I think um, if they figure out and they start working out and the potential and they and uh, things work well for them, then they're good, then they can start thinking about champions. But when you have teams like Liverpool still at the top, yes, they haven't done much moves, but they don't necessarily need to. I truly do want to see them do some stuff and eventually they're going to have to figure out situations because of because uh, I, I mean you have to you have to keep bringing in young players and stuff like that to continue success and also man city team very successful i mean you got man united who has a, a great youth core to work off of i mean you're gonna have competition but this chelsea team can be that team that we're at least are t- fighting for top four and not uh, suffering embarrassing losses at home against the smaller, weaker teams that ch- the old Chelsea's used to uh, taking care of. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I think that one really good um, comparison to look at here from at least a Chelsea perspective is that you, you can look the way that the England national team played over this international break. And if you watched any of the games – or heard anything about them, the biggest thing that you could hear about the England national team right now is that they can't figure out what to do with their midfield. They've got so many guys that play in that spot, um, such as guys that also play on Chelsea. Like, they, uh, you know, Mason Mount plays on Chelsea, and now they have all these midfielders coming. They still have Jorginho. They still have Conte. Now they have Havertz. Ziet can play in the midfield. Um, they've got all these different guys in there. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, – what Lampard ends up trying to go for early in the season. Um, and, and I think it's it's going to be a little bit shaky the first couple of weeks trying to figure it out because obviously, you know, guys aren't just going to gel together the first time they see each other. Um, but I think that there's a lot of talent there and there's a lot of growth and a lot of, a bit of uh, like, I guess, availability to be able to get better than what they're going to be to start. So I think that the first couple of seasons – might not be what everybody wants to see out of these players, and they might not gel the best, but over time, they're definitely going to look good. Well, they are predicted, projected to be in the top four against, but it will be fun to watch, see how they can mesh together uh, this upcoming season. But let's uh, finish off some of the notable new arrivals with some uh, arrivals that we hadn't talked about sort of when we were in that hiatus there. Uh, Donny van de Beek from Ajax to Manchester United for 40 million pounds. I'm sure Miller's going to have uh, a lot to say about him. We'll get his reaction in just a sec. But uh, as Miller had alluded to earlier, James Rodriguez and Allen, two uh, midfielders that Everton signed, both for 25 million around that range for both each. Uh, so again, two big names, James being a big name, uh, coming from Real Madrid. Arguably, uh, a lot of lot of stuff going on with him, but we'll see how he does, as well as Allen, who's a, a lower level, or I shouldn't say a lower level, but an underrated type of player coming from Napoli. Uh, Rodrigo from Valencia, the striker, he's going to Leeds United for 26 million pounds. And then uh, Fabio Silva from Porto, he goes to Wolves for 35 million pounds, the youngster, uh, the Portuguese uh, forward. So uh, I'll start with you, Miller, because uh, Donny van de Beek, he was in the news um most recently and uh for 40 million pounds 
Manchester United signed this guy who was really talented. Um, so what do you make of him um, being on the squad and how maybe um, Old Gunner might use him this season? Um, I think it's really interesting signing and the fact that, yes, it was 40 million uh, pounds or euros. I'm not sure what currency they used. But um, I, I think that the biggest thing is – like we talked about with the Chelsea team, I'm not sure about fit quite yet because if you watch Manchester United, know anything about Manchester United, uh, the problems that they've had in the past with this squad have been that Pogba hasn't gotten a lot of freedoms to move forward. And Van de Beek isn't necessarily 100% a defensive mid. So I, I think it's kind of interesting to see how this is going to shape up because – there's not a whole lot of physicality in that midfield. There's not a whole lot of defensive specialty in that midfield. So I think that it's going to be really interesting, especially with the defense. They played well last year, but they haven't upgraded it at all this offseason, this transfer window. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they play against the counter and things like that. Um, the one question mark I do have, though, is I've still seen in the news that even though United have signed Van de Beek now in the midfield, they're still trying to get Thiago from Bayern Munich if Liverpool don't. And that kind of raises some eyebrows for me in terms of how much they're going to use Van de Beek. Uh, because if you're looking to get a more experienced guy that's about the same level and he just won, you know, a UEFA Champions League trophy, why spend the 40 million pounds? You know, obviously he's younger and everything, but, a player like that's not going to want to come from a top team to another top team and not play at all where he was starting and one of the best players on the pitch on the other situation. So I, I think it's an interesting situation like everything else. And I don't know, I just have a lot of hope for it and hope hopefully it works out. And Edwin, I'll, I'll ask you because James Rodriguez, uh, remember big name 2014 world cup, uh, that's when all the hype surrounded him. That was probably at his peak of uh, his performance. But, uh, you know, he's been up and down with Real Madrid, was loaned to Bayern for a little bit, and now he sits back at Everton with uh, his, his former manager, Ancelotti. So uh, what do you make of Everton in this move? And, and James, uh, who's still trying to maybe, maybe get back into relevancy. He's a big name, but, I mean, what do you make of it? Are you asking me this because I'm Colombian? I'm just messing. I'm messing. So, um, truly great move for Everton. It's it's smart business because I mean, we're, that team is Richarlison. I mean, you're you 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 prepare for that team because you got to prepare for Richarlison and what he can do on the pitch. Obviously, they have other players, but your big focus when you you play is Richarlison. I think what they need is someone to feed them, and um, this Hamas Rodriguez can do that. That's that was his good days and when when he played successfully for Colombia. He was that main distributor. He wasn't that. He didn't have that pressure, you know, in Real Madrid where he needed to succeed. He was that number 10. He needed to be that guy. In Everton, it's a, it's a less pressured environment where he can be that main feeder. He can, he can, he can go forward now that he has someone like Allen who has, who's more defensive-minded than he is and, and has the trusting midfield partners. And he's going to have room, for, uh, room to grow because I think in Real Madrid, you have one bad performance, you're, you're on the bench for quite a while. I mean, that's just the situation. That's with Jovic. That situation is going on right now where um, Jovic hasn't found his place and things like that. So, I mean, it was a situation where Hamas needed a new home, and it was kind of like – it kind of reminds you of the Coutinho situation, and I think he's he's now found a home in Everton that I think is going to fit him well. I don't think he's going to be the top, top signing, but he's going to be one of those signings that people are going to remember because the impact that he can truly get and if he can get back to that form. But the big question with him – is to get to that form. And before I pass it back to you, and I'm excited to hear what you say about Fabio Silva, uh, uh, Gareth, but uh, the Van, Van Den Beek situation, I think, is what, what Miller said is perfect about it and, you know, about the Thiago situation. But Van Den Beek is truly a special player. I mean, it, I don't know if you saw, but the, 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 the goodbye that they gave him after that uh, international game to Van Den Beek was special. Like, every all those fans lined up. They all said their buys, so you can see how important that player was to that club. And you, and I think with Man United, they need that kind of leadership, that kind of important player. Obviously, they have the Greenwoods and all that, those type of players that are young, but they need that uh, – a Van de Beek kind of is, can be that leader. I was kind of hoping that uh, uh, Komen got him in Barcelona because, I mean, he knows how to play him perfectly, and Barcelona are kind of need that kind of player 
But I mean, we didn't get him. It props to Bandy United for getting uh, for getting him. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned about Fabio Silva and for Wolves. I think you know, just seeing his highlights. I mean, they weren't. That man is. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a special player. And I think from just reading up on him, you know, it, he's still really young. He hasn't played a whole lot. And I think uh, you know, for for him and how with Raul Jimenez and how there's rumors if whether he's going to leave. I mean, it, it definitely seems like it's a way for Fabio Silva to maybe slide in for, for Raul if he decides to maybe leave in the winter. Sounds like right now they're okay because they got, um, you know, Raul and Adama. Those are two. I mean, they, they were basically Wolves' team <laughs> for most of the season. So if they can hang on to those guys for now, it would be good. But I think Fabio Silva, it was like the right place at the right time. He was able to just make his runs and he had – you know, easy opportunities. And I mean, there weren't any special, special goals or, or, or wonder, wonder strikes from him, but he just find a way to kind of be in the right place, right time, nowhere that he's just a smart player at his age. And he's just, I think, going to get smarter once he gets that playing time. And I mean, you're seeing it already, the Wolves, the pipeline, all those Portuguese players, FC Porto with Nuno. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's basically the, the theme of Wolves right now. And which is going to be weird because they know uh, Europa League and it's going to be strictly Prem. So that will be at least uh, kind of tough. But uh, let's move on to our predictions. And, uh, yeah, no, you have a point. Yeah, I think I just want to say before you moved on about Fabio Silva, I think it, the Portuguese pipeline, I think, is one, it's a great one to have. I mean, I know a Man United fan can speak on it, but, I mean, Ronaldo from Sporting Lisbon and then you got Bruno Fernandes. I mean, it's definitely a good pipeline to have. and the um, one of the Portuguese scouts, the same one who kind of uh, saw Ronaldo and called him a special player, said Fabio Silva is that type of player and more. I mean, obviously, you don't want to read into it too much, and obviously that's just one scout's opinion. But for a scout who kind of recognized Ronaldo early on in Portugal, it, it, it speaks to the levels of what his ceiling could be. And so it's truly exciting, and I think it, was, it, it might be one of the best signings uh, in this window. And it's going to be something that we can talk about in one or two years because, I mean, regards to his potential, the, the profit that the Wolves are going to make is going to be tremendous. So that's all I want to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the 35, million, 35 million for him. I mean, I think, if they, I, I think it's a good thing that they pulled the trigger right now uh, rather than if they waited and maybe they, you know, his, his value went, you know, twice or three times as much. I think it was good that they pulled the trigger now. And he can get some playing time. He'll probably, you know, probably not quite yet, but he'll ease into it. I'm eager to see how it will play out. But, um, but yeah, great point uh, from both from you both. And uh, let's get into our predictions. Let's start with um, the top four. So we will we'll, the let's see the five predictions I have for you both. Top four, uh, the bottom three, uh, the Golden Boot, PFA Player of the Year, and then Manager of the Season. Uh, let's start with the top four. So who, who is, um, either one of you can start, but, uh, who is your, your champion and, uh, who are the three that kind of follow from, for who you think this will happen this, this season? Champion's going to be Fulham, then Austin Villa, then Burnley. I'm, I'm messing. I'll, I'll, I'll hand wow. it over to, uh, I'll, I'll. <laughs> Miller, is that a good, is that a good, uh, is that a good bet to put on, would you put your money on that? Uh, I mean, some people say that there's no bad bets, but that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fulham, freshly relegated, got fourth in the championship, barely won the playoffs. I like their chances in the Premier League. Ah. <laughs> Miller's a little bit, uh, a little bit not so much. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Miller speak because I'm really interested to see because I think the one spot and one team that always confuses me heading to the year is Man United because if you see the recent form previously, and they, if they pick that up and it, we see that Mason Greenwood, it's going to be a hard team to beat. But with the new signings of Van de Beek in that situation, I think I want to hear Miller's take. And then I'll, I'll – I, I trust Miller's opinion quite a lot. So, I'll, I'll, I'll read into what Miller says and then I'll, I'll, I'll try to do that into my pick. So, Miller, you go first. Okay. So, I'll, I'll give my top four uh, really quickly. But um, my top four for this season – it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of people think it'll be really similar to how it was last season. And, I mean, they're not wrong, I don't think. But I, I think there's going to be a little bit more of an interesting twist to the three and four spot. 
So I'm going to take City and Liverpool to be back in the top four. I think if anybody picks us other than that, you're insane. Um, but the other two teams that I think are going to be in the top four this season are going to be – I think Chelsea's going to be there at the end of the season. I think they're going to do similarly what they did last year. They had a strong uh, middle of the season, and then at the end they kind of faltered a little bit, but they still snuck in in the last weekend. Um, I think, I think that United won't make top four this season right now, based off of the moves that they've made, I don't think they're going to make top four this season. They haven't added any depth to their defense. Um, their offense is still the same. It is getting, uh, they're getting more experience and everything like that. But I, I, for my fourth spot, I'm actually going to take. Oh, and don't crucify me for this. But I, I'm actually going to take Wolves with my fourth spot. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I know you put you put Manchester City and Liverpool. Is that in order? So do you think Manchester City is going to win it all then? Uh, no. I actually think that, uh, I think that Liverpool will win it again this year. So Liverpool, they go back-to-back? Back. Yeah. Any, any, you think they got the – they they got the I mean most of the guys are back but you just think they're going to be able to repeat. Yeah, I just right now I don't really see a whole lot of I guess like differences in in the squads last year from from Liverpool and Man City to say that there's going to be some sort of a change of the torch uh, passing of the torch but I I because. Especially if you look at City, I mean, they lost Sané, right? So they lost depth there. Bernardo Silva was just injured in the Portugal national game uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, so if anything, right now, they're losing depth. They did help on their defense, uh, signing Ake, and supposedly they're, they're on the like precipice of getting Koulibaly as well, which that would really help them. They still need a left back. I mean, there's just there's so many things. Whereas Liverpool, they're already a complete team. They already have everybody returning. They have some young guys that they can bring off the bench. They have some guys on loan that they can bring back if they wanted to. So I I think that right now they're still the most complete team in the Prem, and I think it'll show. All right. So Liverpool, City, Chelsea, and Wolves. That's Miller's top four. Edwin. All right. Time for your top four. Looking at the Fulham pick, man, it's truly tragic, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I, I really like that. I'm just kidding. I'm dead. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that's foreshadowing for the next segment. <laughs> you can't say much about it, but I mean, like you like said, City Liverpool, I, I truly don't know which of those two are going to win it. But I think, like Miller said, I think the depth of Liverpool is better. But I think City can start off better. And I think that they'll make the race more interesting. But right now, I would, you, you would be a fool not to take Liverpool, but I think it's going to be way closer this year. It's not going to be that, that same margin. I am going to go with a good year for the young boys in the Premier League, one of the generational players that everyone's talking about in England, Mason Greenwood. I think him and that Man United team are going to actually show up this year. I think last year was kind of a gelling year and figuring out the whole system. I mean, there was, there was times where we were talking about getting him sacked. And then we talked about, wow, look at that team actually go. I think they finally figure out there's their step, and this is going to be the year for a push. And I've been giving them a third spot, Champions League spot. I think a spot that Miller will take any day of the year. Um, for the fourth, fourth team is going to be really interesting because I think it's going to – if Ch- the Chelsea team can gel and figure out that midfield, like Miller said, I think it's, it, it's their spot to lose. But, I mean, there's, there's, teams, there's teams like uh, Leicester City I think are going to do well. I think I'm not saying Tottenham's going to do as well, but I think Tottenham will, will have a better team overall this year. I think Sun's going to be insane this year. I know Gareth, you're happy about that, but I, I think I'm going to edge it to Chelsea number four, and I'm going to pick my next two because I think they're interesting. I'm going to go number five. I'm going to say Everton surprises people. I think Richarlo is going to have an amazing year, and number six. Y'all can make fun of me. It's fair. You know, we can look back at this pick, and they could be a lower table. I'm going to go Leeds United. I back the boys in Leeds to do well this, this, this year, bro. I, I'm telling you, they're just, they're just a special case about it. I think they're going to be so motivated. I think their manager is great. I'm going to back the Leeds boy. This is for you, Jerry Walker. I know he might be listening, but you, 
you'll back this. I'm going to say they get six, although I'm probably the only person who thinks that they can get that six spot. So it's a, it's a Sheffield United. It's almost like Leeds is going to be the Sheffield United of uh, 2020, 2021. Yep, but better. <laughs> <laughs> but better. Uh, I think I, I would probably share the same, uh, same predictions as uh, you all. I, I'd probably put Man City at one for now. Um, I think the, the Ake signing helps a lot with the defense. I know. I mean, yeah, the two teams, Man City and Liverpool, those are probably my one and two. They both, you know, they, they aren't perfect teams, but they're still pretty, pretty dang good. So it's really a coin flip, but I think Man City will be, you know, Liverpool got off such to such a historic start last season. And I just think that's going to be so hard for them to sustain. Uh, so, and I think it will be a lot tighter. Um, so I'll think I'll, I'll take them one and two Man City one Liverpool two. And then I'll, I'm going to take Chelsea at three. I like the talent that they have. I think that talent will, will carry them up to three once maybe they get a month or two situated down the stretch though. And then fourth, I think, uh, I think United will be able to pull their way up to four. So, um, they, they got, you know, maybe we'll see how Pogba, his role does, but Bruno's looking, looking legit. And, uh, you know, the defense is, uh, is still, you know, still a question mark, but I think that's with a lot of these Premier League teams is you can never have so much defense. So I think in the end, that midfield will be good. But, yeah, those are my top four. And uh, let's get quickly into the, the bottom three teams. Who do you all think? It can be real quick description, but who do you guys think will be relegated this season? Uh, truthfully, as much as I like to joke, Fulham, I truly want them to do well. I always will support a lower team going up to the Premier League, but I just don't think they have the talent or the resources to fix the team. I mean, they barely got fourth and barely went playoffs. So Fulham, uh, West Brom, same situation. Yes, he got second, but that leads that leads a huge gap. I mean, is pretty telling of the 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 difference between the two. The, the, now the third spot is what troubles me the most because I think they're I think a team like Aston Villa is 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 flirting with the uh, with that I think a team like Bur- Burnley yes they're all right but I think they're flirting and um, I totally don't think Sheffield United will do as good I think they're a good team I just don't think they're going to do as good as last year but early on I'm a, I'm gonna say. Uh, well, people will probably roast me for this, but I'm going I'm to say Aston Villa get that third relegation spot, but it's going to be a close battle between um, them, I think Sheffield, maybe Southampton, and Burnley for me. Uh, for me, I, I got to say it's hard. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, especially with the teams that came in from the championship like we talked about. Um, I think that one of the teams that's going to go bottom three is going to be West – Bromwich Albion, uh, for sure. I don't think they have enough talent on that team. This is actually going to be a hot take, so get ready for this one. Right. Uh, I think that one of the other teams that uh, that gets bottom three is going to be Sheffield United. Oh, see, I was okay. kind of alluding to that. Miller. I thought you were going to say Palace for a second, Zaha. No, 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 no. No, I think I think Sheffield United, uh, obviously they did really well last year at the end of the year. I mean, the whole year actually. Um, but the biggest thing about them is that I think obviously their lack of like individually skilled players is going to outweigh the benefits of how well they play together as a team. Uh, so I think that that's going to be something that's kind of their undoing for sure. Um, but I think that the other spot, man, it's so hard to pick. I'm going to say – I'm going to say Burnley for the other spot. Let's just say Burnley goes down. So, I, I mean, it's it's hard to choose this because, you know, every team is going to have injuries and whatnot, and some people are going to be unlucky and some people the opposite. So, I think it's tough to pick these, but those are my three teams. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know – like Watford was one team that got relegated and they, they were mid table last, uh, the season prior. So, I mean, it's, a it's one of those things where it's, a it's definitely tough to predict, but I think I, I sort of share the same picks as, uh, as Edwin. I would, I would say that, uh, Fulham is one team that will, will get relegated as well as West Brom. And, uh, I was probably going between, I was thinking between whether Aston Villa 
or uh, or maybe Crystal Palace, but I think I'm going to take Aston Villa and that one. So I think those are the three teams that will get relegated. Uh, but let's go on to uh, the Golden Boot. Who do you guys think are, is going to win the Golden Boot? Last season, it was Jamie Vardy who edged out Aubameyang by one goal. So uh, does Jamie Vardy do it again, or does is there a new candidate? Edwin's shaking his head. So, Edwin, I think maybe you want to go first this time. Uh, see, mine might be a little bolder, so I'm going to let Miller pick first because uh, mine might need a little more uh, – you know, explanation behind my pick. So you go well, I think these are tough because obviously last year, uh, if there was going to be a year to pick like an upset, it would have been last year because Danny Ings had such a good year. Um, so a pick like that would be a really good pick, but I don't have one of those. So uh, actually this year, though, I'm going to make a different call. I'm going to say Timo Werner was the golden boot this year. Okay. I like that. I, I really do like that pick. I really back that. I'm going to go, and yes, I'm a little biased when I say this, but I'm going to go my boy Richarlison. I think a – I knew you were going to say that. Um, I think a midfield that can now feed him more, a solid, more solid midfield where he doesn't have to drop back as much and he can play more forward and thus use more energy attacking more than he kind of stepped back and kind of helped out the defense will allow him to be play that role that he can play I think he's on. He's on that form. I think he he's one of those players who can is on that form, and I think he he could break out to have a big year. And you know, it, I, I was gonna pick him or I was gonna pick uh, Uba. I mean, Uba I think uh, is a great player. Um, um, shout out to Arsenal for uh, the old man. But I mean, he just he's a he's a goal scoring threat, and I almost picked him. But I'm a, I'm a back with Charleston. I have to. He scored, uh, he scored 13 goals last season. So hopefully we'll see if he can get maybe in the 20 range if, if James can feed him. That's what uh, Edwin's th- predicting. Uh, you talked about Aubameyang. I'm going to take Aubameyang. I think he's, uh, he's so fun to watch, and he was so close to winning it this past year. And I think I just don't know what Arsenal would be without him, um, frankly. Uh, that man has, has just been amazing. When they need a goal, you can count on him. And I think uh, – He's just probably the arguably the best striker in the game. You can you could say in the in the prem, I guess. But um, that's that's definitely a debate for another time. But I think Aubameyang's going to win the Golden Boot. How about uh, your guys' Player of the Year? It was uh, KDB this past season. Um, you know, deservedly so, I'd say. Uh, but does he repeat, or does it go to somebody else? Uh, see, today I'm going to keep going bold. You know, I really do. I really, in my mind, I, I think he, he may repeat, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But I'm going to go to Miller's team. I'm going to see one of those midfielders. You know, I, I really do like both of them quite a lot. And I think one of the best midfielders, and Miller said himself, he, he may be the best midfielders at times, is Paul Pugba. I think Paul, I think Paul can break out this year. I think now that... Um, obviously, we saw how well they gelled. I think Paul can play that role this year again. He got Bruno, a great partner in that midfield. He's going to be able to feed. He's going to be able to attack. I think we're going to see a, a, a big a big Paul Pogba who before Euro year, I think he needs to do good. So I think this is going to be a big year for him, and I, and I, I back him for, the, uh, for, that, for that award. Okay. I really like that pick, actually. I really enjoy that. Um. <laughs> Man, I think it's interesting because it still kind of depends on, you know, whether or not a couple more transfers come through, in my opinion. Um, It'll kind of shake things up a little bit. But to be honest with you, man, it's so hard because, like, I really want to pick somebody else other than, you know, who's always going to get it. Um, But, you know, I'm going to go with – I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Van Dyke, man. Mm. I'm gonna go with Van Dyke. I think that you know this is another year where um, obviously I said that Liverpool is probably gonna end up on top, in my opinion. Uh, so I think that if I have to pick somebody, it's not gonna be a goal scorer, but it, it's gonna be Van Dyke leading the charge. So that's that's who I'm gonna go with. All right, so Virgil. He goes uh, – he wins his second one in three years. That's what Miller's going to go with. I'm going to stick with Liverpool, but I'm going to go with the attacking end. 
And uh, no, it's not Mohamed Salah. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be Sadio Mane. Uh, Mane put up 18 goals uh, this past season, 22 when uh, the season prior. So I mean, I think this man is uh, he's been putting up steady production uh, basically since uh, since Liverpool started their great run, and I think it could continue again in 2020-2021. Not sure if they'll win the title though, but I mean, you know, that's Van Dyke won it the year. Liverpool had a great season, but they still didn't win it because Man City did even better. So um, I'm going to take Sadio Mane. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's another one of those guys that I don't know where Liverpool would be without him. But uh, last but not least, uh, I know the, the manager of the season award is basically almost to the manager who the manager of the, the title-winning team. But, you know, you can, you can just – I mean, there have been a couple instances where there have been uh, lower-tier teams that maybe – exceed expectations and that award goes to that manager but uh what do you all think who might win manager of the season uh i'm gonna go bold again here we go i'm, I'm feeling in a bold move i feel like i'm gambling tonight and i'm gonna I'm go high right i yeah. spoke about a team and i said i don't know if people are gonna call me crazy call, picking them six but if he can manage leeds united to sixth place he's oh. gonna win manager of the year and he deserves it so I'm going to go Marcelo Becella. He's a great manager. I, I'm telling you, I kid you not, guy's a great manager. He, the situation where he got, he pulled that that team up to back to their glory days of the Premier League. You truly got to enjoy that. So I'm going to have to back him. I'm, I'm going to say he, he he gets them back on track. He gets, he's going to get them the sixth-place finish. And, I mean, as a voter, you got to see that. I mean, you, I mean, yes, Jurgen Klopp and Pep is great managers, but I think it's going to be Marcelo's year. Okay. Okay, you're really riding the leads, uh, the leads, uh, the leads bandwagon here, huh? I may have a jersey coming in with the <laughs> leads in, and you know I'm back in the boys this year. I'm back in the leads. Obviously, West Ham will always be my team, but the teams I want to do well, I'm gonna lay this out before Mel Grills. I'm, I'm, I am definitely back in West Ham. Number one, number two, I'm gonna go Leeds. Number three, I want to see Man United do well, go back to their glory days. And then number four, Wolverhampton. I, I truly do want to see Fabio Silva do good. So, uh, you know, those, those are teams I, I'm hoping will also lead number two. So I'm back in the boys. Calvin Phillips, remember the name. Man, for me, I'm going to go Pep. I really don't want to. But I think if, if they finish really high again, you know, the last couple of years, them and Liverpool have had – uh, record amount of points in the total at the end of the season. So I think if they can do that again, and you know maybe if they can do a little bit in Champions League this time, not fall short, then I think they'll take that into consideration as well. Um, so I'm going to go Pep instead of going with uh, Yuri and Klopp to just kind of change my answer up and not make it so vanilla. That's fair. I mean, I think it's not a it's not a very sexy answer, but I'm also going to take Pep. I think Man City's got something to something to prove after uh, what happened last year. So I think, you know, again, this is pending that they can win the title. But back, what, what? Come on, back your boy Nuno. I think he's a great no. manager. And if he has a great year, he could actually get it. Back I, your boy I Nuno. Don't, I, don't, I don't think Wolves is going to make top six. I'm sorry, man. I don't think they can make top six. It's going to be – I'm projecting maybe around the eight or nine range. But I, I, oh. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know, man. It's going to be t- – I don't and know. I, I don't gave think- your team the four spot. You uh, exactly. If, if they do what Miller says, Nudo's getting the title. Hey, own team can make the top four. And they have, a good, they have a good roster. Come on now. Of course they do. I picked them in my top four. <laughs> and same with me. But, yeah, you know, this is we, – we, we don't even back our own team sometimes. But I, I don't know. I think Pep is going to be a, a front runner again. He always is. But, again, I think Manchester City – this is again pending if they win the title, but I'm gonna take uh, take Pep. I'm I'm sorry, Edwin Nuno. I, I love Wolves, but and I, I, it's gonna be an eight or nine finish. I don't think I, one of those guys, Raul or Adama, is gonna leave in the winter. I mean, one of those guys at least you think. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's fair. It's fair, but I mean, you gotta back sometimes the managers you enjoy. I I, I enjoy Nuno, you know, but I I, I can't. Choose him over my guy Marcelo this year. I truly believe in Marcelo's project. Marcelo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're top four. Watch Leeds get re- relegated. 
please. <laughs> bro, if Leeds gets relegated, you know, I'll look back you gotta at You got to throw it, away that Leeds United jersey, bro. You got to throw that away. But, I don't but care Rodrigo, that, man, that's Rodrigo signing. I don't care that you got it for 20 bucks. You got to get rid of that thing if they get if they get relegated. No, the, remember the name, Calvin Phillips. <laughs> don't be hating on him. I got – that's the I'm, – I'm not going to say I got his jersey, but he might be the guy in the back of my jersey. Well, just you have, maybe. You, you just have maybe. literally everyone. You have every jersey in the book. But uh, those were our uh, predictions for the Premier League 2020-2021. Uh, Hopefully the, the season goes smoothly. There won't be a whole lot of room for air because they got to get the season in before Euros begin in the summer. So um, it's going to be tight. And, I mean, uh, I think one more question maybe I'll ask you all is but about this. The, the, these players have probably had the shortest amount of like the shortest amount of an off season, I guess, in a long time. I mean, how do you maybe factor in that uh, considering uh, the way this whole year has played out in the pandemic, but that they've barely had any time to, to take a breather really, especially for the, the top teams. The depth, depth's going to be important. Depth and manager, managerial uh, choices. Um, substitutions and doing it at the right time are going to be huge this year. Cause I mean, if you leave a gas style player, and, you know, the Wolves left Adam in the bench for some reason like they do sometimes. He's going to beat you still. I think just that, it's just going to be huge. It's going to be a test for the players because, I mean, think about it. They're going to have to go through that. They're going to have to go through the year. And then they're going to go up to a big international tournament where in international games, and, like, especially the Euros kind of sense, you put your 100%, you get your, 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 your form back to 100% and to peak fitness. So, I mean, it's just going to be overall hard, hard year. I mean, the thing is, none of them can complain because I think they're all basically going through that. So for the people from smaller uh, countries, but at the same time, I mean, they're all going to go through a tough situation. They're all facing it uh, uh, similarly. So, I mean, it's truly going to be the best. The best of the best are going to win. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have anything to argue that point. I think that, uh, you know, obviously, like we talked about depth and everything like that is super important, especially in the Premier League and the level of competition that it is. So I think there will be a few decisions. Uh, it's going to be tough, though, because, you know, there's those games that you really need to win, and, and it, it'll really come down to what the manager thinks the players can really do at the end of the day. Um, because, like you said, this is the shortest, really, like, window offseason type thing that these players have ever gone through. I mean, even the people that are having to play international games right now aren't really getting that much of a break either. So, I don't know. I, I think it's really tough, and I hate to see it because it, it more than likely means that there's going to be a lot of injuries this year, and that's going to be unfortunate for competition in general. Um, but I think that overall, uh, you know, it can just kind of comes down to decisions at the end of the day. You know, how long are you going to spend at practice? What is the coach going to push you to do type type of things and I think that's what's going to be important so well fingers crossed that everything goes well from a health standpoint and then from a, a logistical standpoint as well scheduling wise and that it all goes smoothly but uh let's get into the games to watch Premier League edition uh opening weekend on Saturday morning and uh, I'll go through the games the match day one real quick but uh this weekend's matchups is going to be Fulham taking on Arsenal Liverpool taking on Leeds United Crystal Palace versus Southampton, and then West Ham versus Newcastle. And then on Sunday, West Brom taking on Leicester City, Tottenham versus Everton. And then Monday, there's a doubleheader, Sheffield United taking on Wolves, and then Brighton, uh, Hub, Albion versus Chelsea. So, um, you know, none of the Manchester teams are playing in this first weekend. They're, they're getting another week of weekend of rest after going deep in UEFA competition. So they'll be playing next weekend, I believe. But uh, for this weekend, which, uh, which games will you guys maybe be watching or keeping an eye on? And uh, for those listening, which games do you recommend? Fulham versus Arsenal. Hear me out. 4.30 a.m., cracker of a match, Arizona time. I'm just messing. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling Garrett to watch the game. I told him we got to watch the game. But, I mean, I think – Sheffield versus United versus Wolves because, I mean, if this will be a big test for Sheffield if they can be that team of last year. I mean, obviously, it's got to be continued. But, I mean, I think that would be a good sense. And I'm really curious if Nuno will bring out Fabio as a sub later on. I don't think he will start, but I really want to see that kid play. So, I think that. Um, Tottenham versus Everton. 
I think that's like a it's, it's going to be a game because it's going to be a revamped Everton squad versus a Tottenham team where it's, you know has their ups, has their downs. I mean, they, they're in the all or nothing documentary that everyone loves, so I guess I have to check that out. But I mean, it's a great time overall. And uh, last game I'm going to leave you with is uh, manager of the year Marcelo Bissella is going to take <laughs> take Leeds United and face Liverpool. This is going to be a true test for Leeds United. We're going to see what they're made of. We're going to see what they're made of early on. You know, we truly don't know. I mean, if Rodrigo is going to be that great signing or not, but, you know, those three games, you know, they get the Edwin seal of approval. Um, if you uh, if you do wake up at 4.30 a.m., definitely go watch that Fulham versus Arsenal game. But I don't think I'm going to do it, personally speaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Edwin kind of recapped uh, a lot of the games. And I, I think that there's two really important ones uh, to watch uh, for those mid-table contenders late in the season that could – maybe shake up some things. And I think it starts off with Sheffield United and Wolves. I think that that's going to be a really good game. Uh, obviously those two teams finished really high on the table last year, opposed to what people thought about them to begin the season. So I think that's going to be an interesting game coming off of, you know, the season that they just had. Um, both teams are going to try and take advantage to get some points out of it early. And then I think the other game that really needs to be watched is Edwin, your boys, West Ham, Newcastle. I think that, this could be the season where, you know, uh, West Ham and Newcastle kind of pick it up and decide that, you know, the, this is going to be the year that we're going to be the people that shake up the Premier League. And, you know, they definitely both teams have the talent to do it a lot more than the, the teams that just joined the league. So I think that those two teams going at it will be interesting as well. But like you said, Tottenham Everton is going to be probably the best game of the weekend, hopefully. Leeds and Liverpool, I'm actually really excited to watch that one as well. You know, all, all the games are just, just glad it's back, to be honest. Without a doubt. And Miller, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, but you're the, you're the one guy here at this three who's uh, into the Bavada. He's into the, the sports gambling world. So uh, can you take us a little bit here? And uh, wh- which games, if any, are you going to be uh, uh, putting any bets down here this weekend? And which games, maybe, maybe give some advice to those that are uh, thinking about putting some bets down this weekend. Which games, which, uh, which teams you might be uh, thinking to put some bets down on? Absolutely, Gareth. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, I think that um, some of the games that could be really interesting are the games with the bigger teams. So, for instance, uh, the three of those games would be Fulham and Arsenal, Liverpool, Leeds, and Brighton and Chelsea. And I think that, you know, while we love a good underdog, do not bet on them. <laughs> do not bet on any <laughs> of those teams this weekend that are not expected to win. Um, because these bigger teams will come out and try to prove something early on. So I think that uh, the safest bets here, if you want to bet on one of those games, would be to bet the spread of goals that they lose by. So, you know, Liverpool's spread is probably two and a half goals on Leeds, and I don't know if they'll beat them 3-0. They might, but it's pretty early in the season to say that, and I think also these, these teams that are starting off probably with a further down mentality than the traditional six. I think they're going to be fighting for something early on. So those will be interesting bets. But um, I would say my biggest bet of the weekend will probably be on Everton this weekend. I think that Everton are going to squeak out a 2-1 game against Tottenham. So uh, I'm, I believe Tottenham are already the favorites. Uh, so if you have some money just laying around, you're really trying to bet on soccer. If you're an avid better like myself, smash Everton money line this weekend. Do yourself a favor. Smash that Everton button. Smash that like button in the Thanks. in the comments below. Uh, that's I think we we create a new segment on the fly, and that might be something we'll uh, we'll continue with. Uh, as the show goes on. But uh, thanks again for you guys' expertise there. We'll be watching the – Edwin and I will be watching definitely Leeds United Liverpool this Saturday for sure. Um, we'll see if I can get Peacock for, for Wolves and Sheffield United. I don't know if I'll be – if I can, show, show, you know, get out that 10 or $15 a month. We'll see. But, uh, you know, the boys got to get the funds in there. <laughs> uh, last but not least, uh, before we wrap this thing up, do we have an Edwin segment? Yes, we do. Wow. We do. Right. Of course, of course. You know, I took the liberty. You know, I said, um, I'm, I'm going to make it interesting. I truly, uh, I truly want to test your guys' knowledge. Um, 
with the three teams that were promoted. So we are kind of oh, no. oh, no. The three teams that were promoted. Oh, lordy. Yeah. That's true. So, what, um, Garrett, you're going to get the easy point. Uh, you each are going to have easy questions to start it off. So, Garrett, can you name the three teams that got promoted? Uh, Fulham, West Brom, and uh, Leeds United. Right. That's a point for Garrett. Nice job. Nice job. Okay. No, no, Miller, <laughs> Miller, listen, I've been, this is an easy question as long as you've been paying attention to this, this podcast. <laughs> Who is the manager of Leeds United? <laughs> <laughs> you talking about that boy, Marcel? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Future manager of the year. Remember that. Remember oh, no, that. Oh no! Heck no! Oh my gosh! All right, this is where things are gonna get hard. Quack, I no oh. research behind this because there's no way you get this. But what is the name of the Fulham manager? Um. <laughs> uh, wow, that's. I'll tell you well, this. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll give you... All those Fulham fans are going to kill me. I'll, I'll give you this. The first the, uh, the first name starts with an S. The last name starts with a P. So, good luck. Uh, let's, uh, Sam Bowman. Oh, no, 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 no. It's none other than Scott Parker, another manager of the year uh, <laughs> candidate. Manager of the year candidate. Hey, he's a candidate. He is a candidate. Now, Miller. You probably know what your question is going to be. Who is the West Brom manager? I have no clue. <laughs> no, here's the situation. I'll give you this clue. I'll give you this clue, all right? This, this, this might not be fair for Gareth, but he was a former West Ham manager. A former West Ham manager. I don't know. If it's not David Moyes, I don't know. <laughs> it is Slavin Bilic. Old West Ham boy, he did not have a great stint with us, so we said, uh, see you later, but he somehow brought West Brom in, so he is going to be an issue for us again. Miller looks like he had no chance on that one. You could have talked that one out from the second year. <laughs> <laughs> now, here we go. This The next three questions, I'm going to say whoever gets the closest will be the point, because there is no way any of you guys get the answer dead on. But I'm being nice. I'll get the point to whoever's the closest. One-on-one one score. What was the year that Leeds were founded? Uh, Gareth, you go first this question. Oh, Leeds was founded. Wow. Um, I'm going to say eight, uh, Okay, I'm going to put that down. Now that's your guess. Okay. Now Miller. That's just a guess. I don't know. I, 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 know. I thought they're one of those old teams, you know? I know. No, no, it's fair. It's fair. It's a fair guess. Miller, if you get closer to the answer, I'll give you the point. What year were Leeds founded? I'm going to say 1920. Ooh, Miller was one year off. It was 1919, so Miller does get the point there. Wow, wow. <laughs> one year off. That's impressive. I will give you that. Oh. All right, but don't worry. Don't worry. There's two other teams. All right, so what year was Fulham founded? All right, Miller, you, you had the first guess this time. Uh, that's a tough one, man. I'm going to say – I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I have. I'm gonna say 1920 again. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Pick. I see your strategy, Miller. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing. You, this is like Price is Right here, basically. You can't get too exact here. Um, yeah, no, but Gary, if you Price it Right, you can think about this. You could say 1921 and up, and if oh, it's above that, or you could do 1919 and below. I, I, or if you want to get closer to the year, you can get closer. I to the think year. they okay. are. I want to say they're earlier than that. Okay. In my opinion, I think. Okay. So I'm going to say 1903. I will give Miller um, – I mean, not Miller. I'll give Garrett the point. It was 1879. Wow. All oh, right. Wow. Okay. Old club, indeed. They definitely got history. Not too oh, good. Oh, boy. What's the next question? When's the yeah, here we go. Founded? Garrett, you guess first. Now, I will tell you this, right? The year that West Brom was founded, obviously, is going to be the question. The year that they were founded was close to one of the other two teams. So it could be either closer to 1919 the 1919 or 1879. So I'm gonna get that hint out there. So what year was West Brom founded? Um I'm supposed to put the year down, right? Yeah, yeah, just the year. I mean it's close. I'm telling you, it's close, it's either closer to West Brom, eight seventy eight, or it's closer to Leeds with nineteen nineteen. So whatever. Uh, I'm gonna say eighteen. 96. 
All right. Oh, you put me in a real tough position here, Gareth. Um, <laughs> you kind of split the middle. You kind of straddled the answer. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm about to, to pick one of the extremes. Um, give me 1915. Gareth gets the point. Yeah. It was 1878. Wow. One year so before Fulham was founded. So Gareth has a 3 2 lead. But fear not, Miller. I'm going to give you a question that was very easier than the last three questions just because I feel bad. Okay. Can you name the 24-year-old Leeds player, quote-unquote the best player Leeds have? He played for England recently. Can you give me the name? The Leeds player. Leeds player. 24-year-old best player. Best. He played for England recently. So if you watch the game, you'll see him. I mean, he's deemed one of the best. I'll give you a position. He's in the midfield. I didn't mention his name once in this podcast. I did, well, maybe once, but maybe a few times. Oh wait, yeah, you did. Men- did you mention him? Wait, I said, remember the name. <laughs> oh, you did say that. I, man, Edwin, I want to tell you, I know, but I don't. Gareth, do you know? What was his name like? Calvin Calvin Phillips, right? Calvin Phillips, correct. The CDM from Leeds. That's a four-two <laughs> now for me. Now, D- Miller, I feel bad for you again. Gareth <laughs> is leading by two. I will give you two points if you get this one right. He's paying more attention than me. All but right. <laughs> yeah, you you can get two points to tie. All right. If you don't, Gareth wins this ep- uh, Gareth wins the episode. Okay. We're gonna deal with Leeds. They have an anthem. Now I'm gonna give you a multiple choice of what the names one of them is the true name of the leads anthem that they typically use they have multiple but one is typically used and i verified because all the youtube fans are like i'm crying listening to this at the leads got promoted so i'm going with that one at least so i'm gonna give you options i'm gonna go a marching on together b together forever leads c leads let's go d we can't be beaten All right, run, run through the options one more time. I got you. No, I got you. I got you. A, marching on together. Okay. B, together forever leads. C, leads, let's go. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I uh, had a little, bit of, a little bit of a burp session there. <laughs> or, or, or D, we can't be beaten. Give me D. Ooh. I hate to say it, but Garrett Kwok wins it. Garrett, I mean, you won already. I'll give you two points if you get it. It's definitely not. We can't be beaten. It's either A, marching on together, B, together forever leads, or C, leads, let's go. Garrett, I have a strong feeling it's going to be B, brother. Uh, together together forever. You know what? Yeah, I'll say B. I'm going to ride with B. Ooh. Ooh, that's incorrect. Um, Miller, for half a point, you have two <laughs> options here. Let me go ahead. You're correct. Marching on together. Oh, there you go. I kind of thought I was like A and B are pretty similar, so one of those has to be like – That's such a generic anthem name. Marching on. Everyone marches on. Every team marches on. <laughs> everyone marches on. <laughs> yeah, but – Sometimes people don't walk alone. I mean, we can do that with the Liverpool oh, match play. Sometimes people don't walk alone. Sometimes people did there. Sometimes people blow bubbles forever. I mean, we we could go on. With You're that. really punny, huh? Really punny. <laughs> no, see, what I'll, I'll tell this to kind of wrap up my segment. I said, all right, I think I'm gonna bait them out by saying leads in the anthem. I was like, if I include leads in there, <laughs> I think I can bait them out and say, and they would pick that. So. That was my reasoning behind B and C. D, I, I kind of just thought of it. Not going to lie, I didn't write it out. That was kind of a last-second guess. So, I guess I got Miller with the last-second put down. There you go. Well, thanks again, Edwin, for the, the, the good old Edwin 7. We haven't had that in a while. That was fun to get tested on teams that I've had, I have no idea um, who they are. But now maybe they'll make a name for themselves this season. And so – uh, that's going to be this episode of Dissecting the Pitch. We'll be back. We'll, we'll be posting um, episodes uh, weekly. Uh, we're, we're back in the swing of things. So um, once the leagues start to come back in, we're going to definitely broaden our horizons and talk about all the leagues um, that will be coming out soon. But um, just last but not least, gentlemen, any final thoughts? Are you guys excited? You can just let it all out. This is your one or one minute or so to, 
but say what's on your mind that you didn't get a chance to say. Okay, so hear me out. Now, Calvin Phillips, great player from the midfield. He's going to make a difference this year. I mean, he may be PFA player of the year. We never know that with manager of the year, Marcelo, at his side, he is going to truly blow everyone out, truly watch him. He'll make his name. You know, Sadio Mane is going to be trapped by Calvin Phillips. Hear oh me my out. God. That's just the presence he brings at that CDM oh role. Oh, my God. But uh, excited for this year. Um, West Ham needs to make some moves. And uh, uh, I have a whole thing about Barcelona, but we'll talk about that when we get to La Liga. The only thing I want to say before we leave is that Willian is going to be awful on Arsenal. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. So everybody just enjoy that. But that's True. all I have to say. Especially Julian, if he's listening out there. He'll, he'll <laughs> like that, Ar- uh, that Willian signing a lot. Thanks. <laughs> all righty. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dissecting the Pitch. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dissect the Pitch. Make sure uh, you, you follow us on our Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where we post our episodes. And we'll be back next time for another fun-filled episode. But for my co-host, Miller McKaney and Edwin Perez, I'm Gareth Block saying so long, and we'll see you all next time.